Lone Star 187 is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case File 21, Regina Hartwell. Let's try that. Oh, shit. So she did crystal meth, and they had sex all night, and Justin fell for Kim. He's like, this girl is amazing. And don't forget about his wife and kids in California, right? A couple days later, Regina's been calling Kim, right? She's been paging her. She's not answering the phone. So Kim's like, oh, I met this guy named Justin. And Regina's like, oh, hell no. (laughs) No, you didn't. So Kim's like, just meet him. You'll really, really like him. And Kim feels like, you know, I've already told you I'm straight. So I don't know why you're so insistent of this. But Regina, just come and meet him. It'll be fine. So Regina meets him. And she could tell right away because he had a cell phone and a pager that he was a drug dealer. She could just tell. She knows. She She knows the type. So Regina calls Kim a couple days later to come over. And Kim's like really nervous because she's super high on crystal meth. And she goes over to Regina's apartment and Kim's like, what's up with you? And she's like, um, I did cocaine, but then we also did crystal meth. And Regina's like, what the hell is wrong with you? So the next day, Regina goes to lunch with a friend and tells, uh, was it Anita? And she tells her, I love Kim so much and I hate Justin. I can tell he's bad news, but she's smitten over them. And her friends at this point are like, I'm sick of Kim. Right. They don't right? want to hear about it anymore. It's never going to happen. Kim's not interested in her in just that way. Just move on. You're wasting she money. Just, You're wasting time. She just wants you for your money. So Justin lives with his dad named Jim and Jim's sister, Bonnie. So this is Justin's aunt, Bonnie. And then her son, JR. So he lives with his dad, his aunt, and his nephew. They Mm -hmm. all live together. Three days after Regina finds out that they're a thing, Justin's sister, Bonnie, goes over to their apartment that they all live in. As she's walking in, she finds Regina and Kim naked on the couch. Uh-oh. She's like, um, and they're like scrambling to like put clothes on underneath mm-hmm. the blanket. And she's all, she knows what's going on. And so Bonnie's like, um, where's Justin? And Kim's like, oh, he went to the store. And then they run in Justin's room and they get dressed. So when Bonnie asked Justin later, what was that about? He's like, oh, we were trying to have a threesome, but Regina refused to let me have intercourse with her. And I could only watch for so long before I had to leave and either finish myself or it was just too much for me. Like I could only watch them so much very messed up situation there. So Regina starts noticing her bank account is being drained very fast. And she tells Jeremy Barnes that her and Kim never actually had sex. So Jeremy's like, you're paying for all that and you ain't getting nothing? Like, you're giving her all of this shit and you're not getting nothing in return? And she's like, uh, no. And he's like, you need to cut the ties. Like, Let it go. She's young. She's naive. Let it go. So by this point, Regina had lost 75 pounds because she's been obsessing, obsessing, obsessing over Kim. All she does is do drugs and sleep. She hardly ever eats. This is kind of funny to me, even though it's not funny. But they were like, oh, how'd you lose weight? She's like, oh, it's my trainer. Because Justin was a personal trainer. That was his facade to make money. So when they saw him, she was like, I'm taking supplements from my trainer. This is what Regina said? Yeah. Cocaine. Right. Right. So she was still working at Kim's Dry Cleaners in May. Um, She hated work. She was always late. Of course. 
always high. She's probably not getting any sleep. So May 17th was Kim's 19th birthday. Regina had paid for a trip to Cancun to celebrate Kim's birthday. And one week prior to the vacation, Regina took Jeremy all her money, all her mail, and all her bank statements and two guns that she was holding as collateral for money that she loaned Justin because Justin asked Regina to start selling drugs with him and guns through the club she was going to. He's like, I got the gym workout. You can get the gay clubs done for me, right? So she takes it to Justin's and Justin's like, oh, hell no. Don't bring those guns up in my house. I don't want none of that shit in here. You take the guns, you take them back. (laughs) So on May 17th, the Cancun trip, Regina invited her friend Anita. So it's Anita, Kim, and Regina. That's it. That's wow. all that goes so on So she trip. finally invites one of her own friends. Well, because everybody else had bailed. Because they're tired of hearing about it. Of Nobody course. wants to be around I her. I wouldn't want to be all around All she does her. is talk about Kim and snort coke and, and take crystal meth. That's it. So while they're there, she confesses to Anita that she's HIV positive. Uh-oh. And she's going to die, so what's the point? Why does it matter? While they're gone, Justin goes to Jeremy's house and asks Jeremy five times for Regina's Jeep. Can I have the Jeep? Can I have the Jeep? He's like, no. I already told you no. Can't have the Jeep. So finally, Justin says, look, I have to use something. I have to go do something. I need, I don't have a vehicle. He's like, well, maybe you can use her Honda. Because remember, she had gotten a Honda. So he takes the Honda and he wrecks it. So he comes back to the apartment and he's got a gash on his elbow. He's got a gash on his forehead. He's got road rash everywhere. So he goes in her apartment. He gets cleaned up. He goes back to Jeremy's. He's like, look, I wrecked the Honda. I'll fix it. Can I have the Jeep? He's like, fine, but you bring it back. Justin calls Jeremy while he's out. And Jeremy can hear alarm going off, which is the Jeep. And he's like, I, I can't get in the Jeep. I lock myself out. It's going off. I don't know what to do. Jeremy's like, great. I have to get that Jeep back here. So I'll be there in a second. So Jeremy takes a taxi over to the Jeep, turns it off. Gets it fixed, takes it back. So it's not just a simple push the button and it stops beeping. He didn't. He locked the keys in the car. He locked the keys in the jeep. He's useless. Well, he's in the middle of a drug deal, so I'm sure he's right. trying to get somewhere he's fast. Probably freaked out. So there was a friend with Justin, and Jeremy's like, "You can get in the car, but you can't let that thing in here. I'm taking this jeep back to the apartment, like I told Regina I would." So he takes it back, locks it, and then he stays up all night, fearful that Justin's going to try and take it again and deal drugs in it. Mm-hmm. So Jeremy did not have a good time. No, while she's pissed. gone. So when they get back from the trip, everybody talks about how awful it was because the whole time, whether Kim did or didn't love Regina, her friend has HIV and Anita loves Regina and her best friend has HIV. So Regina kind of becomes a hermit for about three to four days. Then she reconnects with Kim and Kim's like, it's okay. We're going to get through this. It'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Regina holds on to Kim and Kim, Regina and Justin become inseparable for the next three weeks. All they do is crystal meth all the time. They wake up, do meth, eat, do whatever, go back to sleep, go clean, whatever they're going to do. That's all they do. So this takes us to June 23rd of 1995, which would be six days before they find the car. So Carla and Anita, which are the her friend Anita and their roommate Carla, they had planned to have a barbecue, which they had invited Regina and Kim over. So Regina and Kim come over and they're pacing and they're like, can we use your phone? Can we use your phone? And they keep calling people and they keep calling people. So they're like, what is the point of coming over here if all you're trying to do is score the whole time? Just leave. Yeah. So they make them leave. On June 25th, 1995, which is two days later, Kim and Justin arrive at Regina's to find two other people there 
doing drugs. So Kim drags Regina into her bedroom and she's like, who the hell are you to let those people do my drugs? Because Regina is buying all the drugs because Kim and Justin don't have any money. Yeah. So Regina meets the dealer. She buys the drugs. So she had invited some other friends over and they were doing the drugs that she bought. And Kim's like, who are you? Give my drugs away. Regina's like, those are mine. Yeah. Wait, all of a sudden Regina's standing up for herself and saying those are hers? Yeah. She's like, those are my drugs and I'll do what I want with them. So Kim leaves the room. And as she's leaving, she yells out to, she's yelling towards Justin, but everybody hears. And she says, I'm so mad at her. I could fucking kill her. She just took all my drugs. Let's get out. Let's leave. So they leave. And three days later, which takes us to June 28th of 1995, which is the day before Mm -hmm. they find the car, Regina called Kim and asked her to meet her at her apartment so they could talk. So Kim said, well, can Justin come? And Regina's like, fuck no, he can't come. And he can't wait in the car either. You leave him there. So Kim tells Justin, no, you, he, she said you can't come. Then he did a line of coke. And as he ran um, after Kim, because she was getting ready to leave, he started to trip. So she braked because she was afraid he would fall. So she braked. He got in the Jeep. And Kim's driving on oh, her way shit. to Regina's. Even though he, she said not to bring him. She drops Justin off at his cousin's house, which is oh, on the way to okay. Regina's. And she gets to Regina's and she's yelling at her. Stop seeing Justin. He's no good. He's a drug dealer. He's a gunslinger. And you could do so much better. And the phone rings. And it's Justin. And Kim answers because she knows. Mm-hmm. And she, he's like, what's taking you so long? Get your shit up. Pick me up. We got to go do some coke. Got to get some drugs. I'm withdrawing. We, mm-hmm. we got to do something. So Kim's like, we'll leave soon. We'll leave soon. So she'll Regina, I'm done. I'm going back home. I don't want you or your money anymore. I'm done. And Regina's like, you can't do that. She dropped to her knees. She's begging her, please. I love you. I want you in my life. And Kim's like, I don't want you or Justin. I don't want anything to do with either one of you anymore. I want to go home and start over. I'm stuck in this. I just don't want to do it anymore. So for two hours, Regina begged Kim to stay. Oh, shit. Please stay. Be with me. Leave Justin. So... They leave the apartment together. They walk out to the parking garage of the apartments. One of her neighbors saw her walking. And they went and got into Kim's Jeep. Kim's Jeep? <laughs> Not Jeep. They got Not into Kim's Jeep. And Kim left and she went and picked up Justin. So as soon as Justin gets in the car, he's like, I know what you did while you were there. And Kim's like, I didn't have sex there. He's like, no, you did cocaine. I just know you did. You did cocaine without me. You did all the drugs without me. You didn't bring any back. And he told her, he said, no. I don't know what to do. Regina has this hold on me and she won't let me do anything. I can't go anywhere. I can't move. She wants me to get rid of you. She wants to stay away from you and just be with her. And she's like, I can't have a life with with her in it. I, I just can't. And so they went back to Justin's apartment. He's like, let's just take all her money out of her account and go to Mexico. Like, what oh, is she going to do? Let's just, let's just do that. And the phone rang and it was Regina. So Kim got on the phone. Kim's trying to talk to her. But Regina is yelling at Justin and Justin's yelling at Regina over Kim. And it's just like this ongoing battle. So Regina's like, well, if he thinks he's so big, put him on the phone. So Justin gets on the phone and he's like, stop calling. Leave us alone. Go live your life. Go do what you want. Let her be with me. Just move on. Regina's like, you know what? I have so much money. I could have you offed and no Mm. one would miss you. And of course, Justin knew she was bluffing. Though she had the money, he wouldn't let it go. So Regina said, if you ever hurt Kim, I'll kill you. And he said, don't. If you're just going to call and argue with me, then don't call anymore. And he hung up. But Kim was in the other room listening. So the line was still open. And Regina told Kim, I could have him killed or thrown in prison. Because I know he's a drug dealer. I know all the ins and outs. I could go to the detective right now and tell him everything about him. I, I mean, know where it, he it goes. It would incriminate herself as well. But 
Yeah. I guess she's thinking as long as she gets Justin out of the picture, then she's okay, right? Yeah, and maybe she can get immunity, right? If, yeah. I, if I tell you where they get it and how he gets it and where... Because he's been traveling over... During this time, he's been going to different states. Like, he'd go to Florida and he'd get a whole bunch of drugs and bring them back to Texas. And then he would leave Texas and he would go to Kansas, get a whole bunch of drugs, bring them back to Texas. So he's been, like, a drug runner this mm-hmm. whole time. So Kim hung up and she felt trapped. She's like, I don't know what to do because if she turns him in, I could get in trouble. But I don't want anything to happen to Regina, but I just don't know what to do. So Kim tells Justin what she said. And he's like, I ain't going to prison, especially not for a coke snorting lesbian bitch. Oh, okay. I guess he's our salty person. In this uh, he is episode. so salty. <laughs> and Kim told him, she's just mad. She's not going to do anything. She's just, she's just blowing hot air. She just wants to be with me. Just let it go. And he's like, I don't care. Nobody is sending me to prison and I'll make sure of it with or without you. I'm going to kill that fucking cunt with wow. with or without you. Are you in or are you out? And she's like, okay, I'm in. Oh, well, that didn't take long, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> didn't have to pull her arm very hard. So around 8 p.m. that night, Regina called Anita and asked if she knew anyone in the police station in narcotics because she wanted to get Justin arrested. She told Anita there was an ounce and a half coming from Moreno, Moreno, California, to arrive by UPS tomorrow at Justin's home. And she said if you send the narcotics team there, they'll get it and he can go under and me and Kim can finally be together. And Anita said, um, well, who is who is Justin's boss? Because that's who we want. Just getting a shipment doesn't really do anything. It just tells them not to send it there anymore. And mm-hmm. that Justin may get killed, but it'll just be another person. And um, Anita asked Regina, you know, can I come over? Or do you want to come over? And Regina's like, no, I'm too mad. I'll call you tomorrow. And they both said, I love you. And they hung up. Because Anita's main thing was, I understand you want to get justice to stop the narcotics. And I'm glad you do. But just getting him put away isn't good enough for us. But it was that wasn't her motivation. No. Her motivation was just to get him out of the picture so she could have Kim. Had right. nothing to do with cleaning up the streets. Let's right. get that straight. So about 9 p.m. that night, Regina's neighbor on the other side of her, his name uh, was brad wilson he was outside he saw her and she offered to go get a bottle of wine so they could sit outside and talk like they used to before all this craziness went on and he was really excited so she went and got a bottle of wine and they sat outside and all she talked about was kim and justin and how kim she just wants to be with him and she but she decided you know what i'm gonna cut them both out of my life they're not good for me i'm gonna get a job i'm gonna get clean i hate him and i hate how much he's messed up her life but this is her life and she's got to learn her lesson she's still young i'm 25 she's 19 mm-hmm. and i'm tired of waiting on her to decide whether she wants me or him or a man in general and brad told her you know i'm really happy to hear that i've seen a lot of commotion go on over there and i just really want you to be happy that's what you deserve yep. so you know i hope the best for you while that's going on kim is still at justin's apartment and Justin's calling some of his friends to help him kill Regina. And his friends are like, you're fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm not helping you kill a white bitch. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. So like, one of his friends was like, she's white. Uh, I'm out. Mm-mm. She's white. I'm not doing it. Because he was black. And he's like, oh. if I'm even in that neighborhood, I'm going to be guilty. So no. Yeah. I'm not going to. That. No. So Kim's like, well, let's just let it go. And he's like, you know what? Take this and go to bed. And he gave her Valium. I don't know how much, but he gave her a lot of Valium. And she goes to sleep. So after Regina finishes at her neighbor brad's house she goes over to jeremy's apartment and they're listening to music laying on the floor like old times and regina tells jeremy about the fight she had with kim and that um, kim and her did have sex for the first time and that she only because she had sex with justin so the only reason why 
Kim agreed to have sex with her is because she had sex with Justin. So Regina had sex with Justin. So I guess so that Kim would have sex. I guess during this three week time where they were inseparable. So she did it to get with Kim. That she just wanted Kim gone. And uh, Regina told Jeremy, you know, I want to get off drugs. I want to go back to school. And they talked about old times and they laughed. And Jeremy told Regina how he felt about Kim and that she's a user. And she's Mm -hmm. like, you know, he's like you, the money that like your mom died in a horrific way. And that money could have been suited better for you in life, for your kids. You could adopt kids. So many things you can do. But you wasted it on her. So let's not waste anymore. Let's just move forward. And they reminisced and hung out for about two hours. And she left her apartment around 11 p.m. And Jeremy was so elated to have his best friend Regina back. Mm -hmm. He was so glad that she had clarity. She had been clean for many hours. She hadn't done any drugs that day. She was having a hard time. But, you know. Yeah. So Regina fell asleep on her black leather couch. And she awoke to seeing Justin Thomas in her apartment. And he pulled a knife and stabbed her in the neck. It stated on her, in closing arguments in the trial, they said it took her 20 seconds for every year of her life to die. So How did she they was, know that? Well, because it was, um, I don't know, I guess the Emmy deci- figured out how long it took her to die. It sounds like a, just a dramatic line Maybe in a so. Book. Maybe so. Um, then he carried her body to the bathroom, leaving a trail of blood in the hallway, dumped her body in the bathtub, turned on the shower, drained her body of blood, cleaned himself up, moved the recliner over the stain on the blood on the carpet, and put her in a maroon comforter and put her in her own Jeep. He went back to the house with Kim, and he arrived with a bloody shirt and denim pants, telling her the bitch is finally done. Uh, Kim fell to the ground and cried. He told her, I stabbed her, but the bitch wouldn't die. I put her in the Jeep, and I need some salt, because I'm salty. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and she asked why, and he said, the bitch cut me. Like, what do you expect? She was fighting for her life. Yeah. And Kim noticed that he had a stab in the webbing of his hand between his thumb and forefinger. He's like, fuck, did the bitch really have AIDS? I don't want to go out like that. And she said, I, I don't know for sure, but she said she did. And he said, he told Kim how it happened. And he said, I walked in and she said, Hey, what up Jay? And he said, I sat down and she knew what was coming. So I stabbed her. I don't think she knew what was coming. So Kim asked him, how did you carry her body down the stairs and get into the Jeep without anybody seeing? He said, adrenaline, a lot of adrenaline pumping. You know what I'm saying? And I killed her and wrapped her in the comforter from her own bed. The fucking bitch was a lot heavier than I expected. In the apartment, it was so bloody. Blood on the walls, the carpet, the sink. He didn't notice the blood on Kim's sink. He asked for a garbage bag. He pulled off his clothes, stepped in the shower, and he asked him to put all of his clothes in a garbage bag. He also put Regina's wallet in the garbage bag, too. So Justin got into Regina's Jeep with her in the back, you know, all clean. And Kim got in her matching Jeep, and they drove to the area where the Jeep um, was put, which was actually on Justin's dad's property. What a dumbass. Kim watched him take the body out of the Jeep, out of the back of the Jeep. And at first he put it outside the Jeep at first. And this was daylight, mind you, because that morning, right? Yeah, because around 11 p.m. is whenever she went back to her apartment. So early morning hours is when the murder happened. This is broad daylight. He has this big maroon comforter thing just laying on the side of the road. I thought they were on his dad's land. They are, but there's a road that connects the main road to this road. So, but you could see where the Jeep was. That's how it was called in was because from the main road, if you're traveling, you can see that what spot. a dumbass. Like he wasn't even worried. So I guess he was just probably still on drugs so much that he didn't have any 
there's really no logical thought there. It's just the means to an end. Like, just get it done at all costs, right? So he goes and gets in Kim's Jeep, and they're sitting there. And Kim's like, what are you going to do with the body? You can't leave it there. He's like, oh, I'm going to chop it up. I'm going to put it in a garbage bag. I'm going to, a garbage can. I'm going to fill it with concrete, and we're going to go put it in the river. So they left, and they went and got $300 from Regina's account. They went to Walmart, no concrete. They yeah, went Walmart to Home Depot, doesn't have concrete. No concrete. They went to multiple stores until they, for four hours, they searched for concrete. So around 8 p.m., they went to a store called Builder Square, and Justin bought 80 pounds of concrete, 12 feet of chain, three timber locks, and thirty pound and a thirty pound trash can, which they paid with Regina's money. That's that's not obvious at all. <laughs> they went back to Justin's <laughs> and put the items in the garage to wait till after dark. So Justin called some of his friends um, to try and sell the Jeep because his plan was we'll get rid of the body and we'll just sell the Jeep. We'll strip it down. They won't know who it belongs to. Chop shop and we'll sell the Jeep. Well, no one wanted the Jeep. Couldn't, he couldn't get he couldn't sell the Jeep. So he starts getting more and more anxious and it's getting dark. So he tells Kim, I can't sell the Jeep. So we're just going to blow everything up. So he went to the garage. He grabbed a five, five gallon gas tank and walked down the road to where the Jeep was, put the body back in the Jeep. And he told Kim, we're going to go get some gas. So they went and got some gas. They came back and Kim dropped him at the Jeep and he said, back up a couple hundred feet. He walked over to the Jeep. She saw an explosion. Justin ran out telling her, let's go, let's go. Kim took off and they went back to the house. We need to do some Coke. So they went to the ATM and they got the $300 limit, which was what was the limit every day, but they'd already gotten $300 and they spent most of it on all the supplies. So they didn't have much left. They were denied any more money out of the bank. So they took the cash they had and they went to a hotel called Heritage Inn. Kim signed her name um, under with a fake license um, from Tennessee that said she was 21. It's what she used to Mm -hmm. drink. And while she was checking in, Justin ordered some pot and Coke, you know, on his Uber drugs. He, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they went to their room for a little bit. Drug hub. They left to do to get drugs. And while they were gone, um, he bought some black hair dye and a shaving kit. And LeBlanc shaved some of his hair and left a mohawk and dyed it black. I have to show you this mohawk, though. It's very interesting. And then they spent the rest of the night doing drugs. So the next morning they left the hotel with all the bloody towels and sheets just laying mm-hmm. around. Kim and Justin went to the grocery store, H-E-B, and they took out their $300 a day. And they went back to Justin's house. They went upstairs and went to sleep. So then they were arrested, right? So that's what they were doing whenever people were trying to call her and her phone was busy. Yes. She was coked out. And he, the next morning after she first went missing... You know, they said her phone or that she didn't, uh, she took Valium, right? Um, so she was really, really knocked out. So July 5th, um, Justin's arrested. Kim's arrested. They go downtown. Kim's freaking out. Um, well, how how do they get up? Like, what calls attention to them? The uh, Jeremy saying, hey, Kim was acting weird. Okay. Yeah. When right. they when they call yep. her friends down to the station, yep. they go there. So they arrest them. And um, Kim's, you know, she's freaking out. Um, she wants to go home. Kim starts singing like a songbird. She's so terrified. So she tells him everything and they go to the home. They find all the items in the dumpster that Kim, that Mm -hmm. Jeremy talked about. They find the items in the garage they were going to use to dispose of her body. So on July 14th of 1995, they do have a memorial funeral for her and they had enlarged photos of her, um, all around and 
her one of her favorite songs was um, Frank Sinatra New York so they played that a few times Aww. and they did bury her next to her mom and because Kim told the truth she got immunity against Justin even though she should have gotten an accomplice to commit a murder yeah but she didn't and she, they sent her to rehab so while in jail Justin's wife Dawn calls him and says just so you know your two kids aren't yours oh I hate you you motherfucker <laughs> Um, she got so, the last word there. <laughs> and not like he cared anyway, no. but so still. In September, which would be two months after his arrest, he is indicted for murder. And then three months later, Justin sets a small fire in the. Is he a freaking pyro? Seriously, um, he set a small fire in his cell to get attention because he said, "I'm so mad with the slowness of this trial." I just want to get it done, like throwing a hit pissy mm-hmm. fit like a little kid. So March of the next year, which is March of 1996, which is uh, almost a year. a year since the murder, mm-hmm. his wife divorces him. Of course, he's all upset. Not that he really cares, but he acts like he's upset. Then in April of 1996, Kim's indicted for murder. She turns herself in, but then she gets bonded out uh, seven days later. And then in so July... So they decide to try her anyway, even they, though... Well, they, they take the evidence, but they feel... Like the immunity isn't going to work. There were parts of her story that she left out. Oh, when they so gave they her feel immunity. like it was null and void because she didn't follow the rules. So they indict her for murder, and then seven days later, they she bonds out. Um, in July of ninety six, which was a year after everything, they finally give her immunity because she does come up. I guess she fills in the blanks of the stuff that they needed. And the next month, which is August of ninety six, Justin's trial starts. Of course, the courtrooms are packed, and Justin's attorney's name is Patrick Gain. He even though. Justin had never played football. They made him look like a football player because they knew that Texas, we love football and that maybe a white football player would tug at the heartstrings of the jury. That is bad. What, what city was his trial in? It was in Austin. Okay. So people take the stand. They talk about the awful, horrendous scene of what it looked like. Um, the, of course, the prosecution always wants to give different Mm -hmm. angles. So they're, they want to know where did her money go? Did her did her stepfather maybe want this to happen so he could get it? And the uncle's like, her dad's no. like, yeah. her dad's been in Seabrook, Texas, and she never sees him. So no. he pretty much does whatever she wants. She went got the Porsche and sold it, and yeah, sounds like he was letting her do whatever she wanted to do. Yeah. It was her money. It wasn't right. his. So the second day of the trial, what I thought was interesting was they took Officer Timothy Pruitt, the one that came for the missing persons mm-hmm. report. And he was like so emotional on the stand and talked about how he just didn't see the signs. And then when he stepped off, he apologized to her friends because he felt so bad that he just played it off. He's like, I, I saw, I heard of a druggie and I just was like, man, they go missing all the time. Sure. It's not a big deal. And he felt really bad. I'm sure. Well, good, good on him for being accountable for Mm -hmm. that bad decision that he made. And of course they had the witness, um, they had all of the friends were up there telling their side of the story. Um, they had the guy from Builder Square that saw them purchasing the materials. So Kim's dad had a lot of, or stepfather, the one that molested her had, you know, a lot of money too, even though she took all that money from Regina, she could have gotten money from her stepfather. So for a while. But why would you want to go put yourself in that situation? Oh, I agree. I agree. Because then you probably have to do something for it. Yeah, probably. Some of the newspaper headlines I did read called it the Beauty and the Beast case because Kim was like this beautiful girl and he's like this awful monster that did this awful thing. And she's like claimed to be this like poor, innocent girl that just didn't know any better and came from a small town and was like BS, right? Well, her attorney was 
friends with the DA. So whenever she walks Cam's into attorney, yes, when she walks into the court, the prosecution is like, I would just like to make known who her attorney's best friend is. And the judge is like, none of that matters here. He's like, well, when it's the DA, it does matter. <laughs> so he got his he point got across, his answer in there, even though he, he wasn't supposed to. <laughs> so she took the stand. Of course, she went through everything. But then I, I, it was frustrating how she used her molesting as the reason why she stayed she says the reason why she allowed Regina to still pay was because she didn't have a choice. Because if she went home, she'd be molested more. Girl, you are 18. Yeah, get why your own Why can't you job. live on your own? Get your own When you spot. were 14, you didn't have a choice, right? Like, you were 14, you can't live on your own, you can't make your own money. You were molested for years. All of that is not your fault. But then the fact that you're an adult and you chose to move to Austin, now you don't have money. You could have gotten a job. You had a job at World Gym. If you didn't put it up your nose or in your vein, maybe you could have had money. Yeah. But don't blame don't blame being molested as why you had to be friends with Regina. That's messed up. Yeah. They recount everything that uh, we went through. The Emmy took the stand and, of course, he said some of the same things. One thing he did say on the stand that he didn't say in the report is that her guts resembled pink salmon or cooked meat with bright oh yellow fat on God, the side. That's disgusting. Isn't that awful? That's how charred, I mean, to burn through the skin, through the fat, all the way into the meat is just, uh. They had three blood specialists take the stand. When they went through the blood and they asked Justin, if you didn't kill her, like Kim said And this is did, the blood and all of the towels and stuff that they mm-hmm. left behind at the hotel, right? Well, no, this is the blood in Regina's apartment. They're like, if you didn't kill her. But they didn't really find any because it was cleaned up. Well, but when they went through, they did find that big stain that was next to the couch. Okay. That was, still, that was still blood. And then that rust spot in the bathroom was not a rust spot. It was blood. Okay. And then they found a few splatters along the wall in the hallway. That were missed. That were okay. missed. Some of that blood had Regina's blood and Justin's blood in oh, it. Oh, okay. So... He says the reason why his blood was in the apartment is because when he stayed there the night of the Cancun trip and he had all the road rash, that he just got it everywhere. And because she was messy, never cleaned, it I was mean, still there. It sounds logical, but we know it's bullshit. And so it was funny because the um, the prosecution's like, okay, how did your blood get in the shower rod? He's like, well, when I was washing my hair, the road rash on my elbow got up on the shower rod. He's like, she's like, okay, you're you're a tall guy. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that. The shower rod is about six and a half feet in the air. I can't touch my You're shower only rod with six my elbow. But how did your elbow touch the shower rod on multiple places? He's like, I was just really messy. He's like, okay. <laughs> well, Duly noted, dumbass. <laughs> how did it get in the recliner? Because the recliner, he's like, oh, when I sat there, I put my elbow down and it got there. So he had an excuse for how his blood got all over the apartment from that one night. when she a That one week blood. when he had road rash. Well, and road rash doesn't always bleed because you just have missing skin it's not like a a gash that's gushing blood and even jeremy says on the hand he's like his wounds i didn't even know he had road rash on his legs because it wasn't bleeding yeah which goes to what you're saying yeah. where the skin wasn't even broken have you had road rash it's just it scrapes off the first yeah. couple of layers but it doesn't necessarily bleed because right. you didn't go through just missing the skin yeah. yeah then the last person to take the sand was justin of course and he says all that and um, of course, they're like, you're a, you're a liar. So they do mm-hmm. closing arguments. They're sent for deliberation. And do you think he's found guilty or innocent? I think he's probably found guilty. He is found guilty. Yeah. And he's um, given life with plus 30 years. So he's in life on death row. He's a federal pounder um, in the ass prison. Yeah. And Kim <laughs> moves to Houston and gets remarried. So she didn't serve any time. She really did get 
Yeah. Acquitted or... So, or in November of pardoned. 1997, all the charges that were given to her were dropped due to insufficient evidence. Because there was no proven evidence, hard evidence, that showed that she was actually part of the killing. Everything that was said was hearsay. It was always, like, her blood wasn't in the apartment. Right, but we no. know he gave her drugs. I believe that she wasn't there when he killed her. When he killed her initially in the apartment. Mm -hmm. But she was with him when he burned her a lot. Yes, and he did, she didn't stop it. She, she didn't, didn't do police. anything. Exactly. Yeah. So to me, that's an accomplice. So again, like the other case, that other case we did, why didn't she get unlawful disposal of a, of a corpse? Right. I mean, they have them on camera going to the gas station to get gas. Well, and I'm sure if they ask every single store that they went to, other people will corroborate the story that they tried to buy mm -hmm. concrete several other places mm -hmm. before they actually found it. And they were together. But she doesn't know why he bought that stuff. But... So she's denying that she was with him whenever he burned her? Initially, she denied all that. And then in trade for immunity, she gave the truth. But she was scared because he was a gunslinger and he was a drug dealer and well, he could have her off. She wasn't scared of him the day before when they were doing drugs together all yeah, the time. You're right. You're right. There's more. I was going to ask about the money. Well, there's only $8,000 left. No, but so is there any, like, what did they do? Did they go back? How do you, how did they get the money? Because you can only get $300 at a time and there's only eight grand left. So how, is there any... Well, she was missing for, let's see, eight days. That's $2,400 they took out. Yeah, but didn't she have $10 million? Yeah, but she was doing drugs. Okay, she's paying for her apartment. She's paying for Kim's apartment. She's paying for all of her groceries. She's paying for Kim's groceries. Yeah, but... She's buying Jeeps. Still doesn't a, brand, a brand new Jeep, maybe fifty grand. Two okay, Jeeps, that's, that's... hundred grand. Okay. She spent a trip to Cancun. Okay, that's she... not even half a million yet. She had $10 million. Mm, She... A lot of drugs, guns. I don't know. She'd pay people's bar tabs. It still doesn't justify it to me, unless she didn't really have ten million. Maybe she only had I mean, one million. She, I think she was only, only really had three million. Is what I think she really only had because she got now. Now remember, four hundred thousand was given to her in the beginning before she even moved to Austin, right? So that's almost half a million right there. And then she was given another four hundred thousand dollars every year until she was twenty-five. So she was only spending four hundred thousand dollars a year at a time. And she would run out before her birthday. So she was spending all that money in a year. Right. But on her birthday, she got the rest of the, the rest of what was left of the 10 million. Yeah. She said she was worth 10 million, but I don't know. So technically we don't know what happened to the rest of her money. But on wait, June, there's more. My wait, answer. Wait, there's it? more. If you buy now, <laughs> you get three. Do I get free shipping? Cause you that's do. important. So do you want to know why, um, because it was always weird to me, even in the beginning, this whole wife situation. Yeah, I wondered why she, like, I wondered about the phone calls, what that must have been like for him to call his wife. And Well, do you know why he left California? No. Because of murder. What? So he killed a Mexican cartel leader named Rafia in 1992. Ooh. So he had I did not see he, that coming. Yeah, right. He had to flee California and leave his wife and kids for his own safety. Well, that's why she was so understanding, I guess. And that's why there wasn't a lot of communication because they would come after and kill her and her kids if she said anything. So evidence was found that improved that he did it. So California extradited him back from Texas to California. So now he's on now he's in Sam Quentin on death row, which is even worse because it's almost like Regina's life didn't matter. Yep. And because he's a Mexican cartel and because this was so bad, he had to be extradited. Now he's in Riverside, California. Ain't that fucked and up? And Kim is not even... No, she lived her life. 
She got to have fun. And you know, she, you know, she got Regina's money. I don't know how. I just know she. When I when I was reading it, I was like, I know there has to be a a, a bigger twist to this besides just. There was a woman who was in love with another woman who had a lot of money. It makes it even scarier that Kim was in love with this man who was living a double life and who had already murdered someone and then later ended up murdering. And that's him murdering Regina is how they found him because of the manner that he killed her. in. it was too similar to what it was identical to what happened to him. And then, of course, all the other evidence. So what do you think? Very good story. Very good. I do believe he did it. I, I'm i so pissed off that Kim got away with it, though. I think it sucks that she didn't have to serve any time. Obviously, she had information she could bring forward about Justin. That's good. I'm glad she was honest about that. But I'm disappointed in the justice system that she was able to, that she was able to use what happened to her in her past to justify her actions, to be involved, even though, I mean, if you're, if you know what somebody's doing, you know someone's dead. And you're going along with him, whether or not you're scared. If you really are scared, you're going to treat. You're going to try to give off signals and signs to other people in the store, like, "Oh my God, I'm I'm being held against my will," mm-hmm. or "He's killed someone. He's he's trying to use the cement to bury her." Like, if you're really scared and you're trying to get out of it, it, there are going to be signs and evidence that you did that. But she didn't. She didn't try to do any of that. She wasn't scared. That was a fucking lie. She's full of it. She just wanted to be over with so she could go do her drugs and go to bed. I agree. I think she should have been charged, but I also feel bad for Kim in the sense, not with Regina because she totally used her, but with Justin. Because remember, she was only 19. And I mean, Justin was the same age as Regina. So there's this 25-year-old man who you're smitten over. And then you find out he's a drug dealer. And then he introduces you to this crazy drug. And now you're terrified, right? Like, he's a scary guy. He looks scary. Yeah, he looks scary. I, um, I agree with that. So I kind of feel bad for her in that sense that she put herself in a bad situation and got wrapped up That's in true, some bad shit. That's true, because there was that one, that one part, that one time where, that one part of her point in her life where she wanted to get away from both, both of them. Both of them. Yeah. I remember like, that now. Yeah. I don't even want to be in this situation. I want out. And then he's like, here, take some Valium. She's like, gladly. I don't want to be part of this, mm-hmm. you know? And I mean, think of it, she's only 19, you know, but you and can, she like run away. Oh, you absolutely. And get I, up and, in the middle of the night and leave, take the Jeep mm-hmm, and roll out. And they're mm-hmm. not going to, they're not going to come looking for you. Well, and to not have to work or go get a job and that money Regina is letting you have, why don't you save it and get enough money to just disappear? Maybe that's what she that. did. Maybe she did take Regina's maybe. money. Maybe. And since she was able to be um, pardoned, maybe she just took the money and ran. And I can't really... For a whole year. I mean, she two weeks after meeting, Regina meeting Kim, she gave her a card and said, you can well, you have $300 a week. I don't think Regina week. would be upset with Kim for taking her money. I don't think she would either. I think she, she would her. want Kim to have it. Mm-hmm. I think she would just be disappointed that Kim was involved. Yeah. And didn't make sure she had justice. Because I feel like, okay, whenever Justin is killed on death row in San Quentin, how is there justice for Regina here? There isn't. There isn't, right? Like poor why? Friends. They're, why they're just, is well, that crime worse than this one? He was tried. This one he was convicted of first. I know that that murder happened first, but this one he was tried for first and committed. So I understand he got thirty years to life, their life plus thirty years. So he's going to die anyway. But if he's going to have to die for both crimes, then why wouldn't he stay here? I mean, you can't kill him in both states, <laughs> you know. And California doesn't have the death penalty. See, so if he gets to rot in jail there, and now if you look at an updated picture of him, he's got long hair and 
I'm sure he's having a field day in prison. How do you figure that? He gets to walk around people knowing that he killed the Mexican cartel. He ain't scared Oh, of fair shit. enough. That's true. Because those a lot people of bitches. in, You're right. in You're California right. Yeah. don't know that he killed a, a white girl in Texas. Yeah. That's just, that's kids play. Mm-hmm. But to say, I killed a Mexican cartel leader. Yeah. And I got away with it for four years. And I'm I, surprised he's not. I wonder if they have him in solitary confinement to keep other cartels from trying to take him out for what he did. I don't know. Maybe. Even then, even better, he gets to live in safety. That's yeah. a bunch of bullshit. You're right. That's true. I, I agree with you know, 100% with that. Yeah. It's a bunch of BS. So the, where's her justice? No. I feel I bad mean, for her friends, Jeremy mm-hmm. and yes, Anita. Yes. Yes. Her true friends. And, mm-hmm. what's, and, I, I and Nima. Can't uh, forget yeah. her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for the fact that they didn't realize the urgency or the the severity of the situation before it was. I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but, you know, it's just sad that they were like, oh, it's just not like her, but she's on drugs, you know? Yeah. And it's crazy how... understanding friends. It's crazy how when you have... When people are addicted to drugs or alcohol or have any addiction, really, that that lifestyle is just understood. Like, oh, well, they're addicted to this, so it's okay that they're missing for a couple of days, you know? And then things like this happen to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, she didn't, and no one deserves it, but she didn't deserve it. And the saddest thing is, is that all her money she spent on other people and not even the people that meant the most to her. It's like she tried to buy her friends mm-hmm. and buy her affection because, well, because she money get it. was the one, one constant in her life besides drugs mm-hmm. and her few friends that she did have. Mm-hmm. So she knew that she could count on the money to get her whatever whatever she wanted that she couldn't get on her own without it, you know? And those years before she met Kim, her friends didn't need her money, right? Yeah. Like that girl Nemo was on her account just in case something happened to her. Yeah. And also because she had gone, I believe, to Europe right before she met Kim. So she had put Nemo on her account so she could pay her bills while she was gone. So initially the reason why Nemo was on her account was a formality just to pay her bills while she was gone. But then it became, well, if something did ever happen to me, I trust you. I trust you to make sure the money goes where it needs to go. And all that was left was eight grand. So what about her stepdad? He got all her stuff and her money. And, you know, like I said, all the information I found about this case was in the book. Which The book is called Wasted, A Fatal Lesbian Love Triangle, An Out-of-Control Killer. It's by Susie Spencer. And she writes a lot of true crime it books. It was the New York Times bestseller, and it was released, it was published in 2008. Pinnacle. Pinnacle True Crimes is, for anyone that likes to read true crime they have a website you can go to and you can find all their books. Some um, of our stories will be coming from there. Thank yeah, you, I Susie have, Spencer. I have five of their books that I'm going <laughs> to do them on. But I, I really like how in-depth it is. Um, it gives an idea. There was a couple of chapters about Kim's past and a couple of chapters that I just kind of felt really didn't matter. There was uh, two chapters about Justin. I was like, I ain't reading that shit. I don't care how he grew up. Is that bad? No. Well, <laughs> I mean, I did. I mean... It, he had a similar past. Mom really never had anything to do with him, so he was raised by his dad and his aunt. Always a very bad kid growing up. He always had a lot of anger issues. There was nothing prevalent in his history. If he had had, like, two parents that loved him and took very good care of him and he took a wrong path, that might be a little bit more important to, to Well, we try to focus on, on the victims. But yeah, I don't. I didn't want to read two chapters about someone that I'm not going to be focusing on. Not that it's not important in the book, because clearly... It, it told is. the full story. It is. Yeah. yeah. And after reading but the chapters. For the purposes of our podcast, we, yeah. we try to focus on we the crime scene, the victim, how it all happened, and the details, and 
obviously at the end our our opinions of mm-hmm. what we think or if we were focusing on the perpetrators i would have read it but yeah just didn't seem important for this for me to read it so yeah. i didn't and it's just very sad it's a very sad, sad rest she in just peace, got regina That's it's terrible and you know her mom didn't ever i'm sure she never felt like her mom loved her so she felt like she had to buy people's affection yeah and she seemed like a, a good person yeah you know, I mean, she had good friends, so... And she was good to her dog. She's yes. Yeah. Spirit. Spirit, yeah. <laughs> so, yep, that's yeah. it. Good. That's a good one. That was a good one. It was good a good twist one, yeah. at the end there. Yeah. I was like, this could be a good Lifetime movie. Yeah. I'm surprised there's not one. I know. I, I wonder if... I don't think there is, but... There might be. It was a good one. Good story. Yep. Rest in peace, Regina Hartwell. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye. Love you. <laughs> File 21. Regina Hartwell closed.